Hello all, welcome back. Scotch on the balcony. Today is 15th of August. I hope everyone is well. Just myself here today. Harry, no Alan today. Sadly, still under the weather. So today's episode, an eye for an eye. Before that, get in contact, let me know what you think, or if you have any thoughts about next week's episode. So an eye for an eye. All right, so an eye for an eye is the, you know, it's a simple form of, I suppose, justice based on on retribution. You do something, well, that gives me the right to do it back to you, and that's fair enough. Obviously, that has its issues. You know, there's no nuance. I think we're seeing that today in the world, and especially on the social media world. Nuance is gone, and people are just looking for an excuses to use an eye for an eye, I suppose, in a weird way. So there's not... I, I couldn't really feel anything for the title an eye for an eye, except with Laurie's case. I suppose you could argue that the defendant in that case was... was was looking for some sort of retribution or mirrored retribution I suppose is what an eye for an eye is so you do it to me I do it to you maybe a little bit more and as we know that's not really any basis for any positive society and yet it seems to be spreading a little bit now I did have a weird week this week and I suppose it was a little bit of an eye for an eye that I've had to deal with this week in that somebody in in my life kind of brought to the front some of their actions towards me and I had to deal with that and decide what to do. Now I'm still going down the road of not going for an eye for an eye but I still have to figure out how to deal with that. I'm trying to do it in a positive way time will tell. Now what I do have to say about this episode is that it's definitely the funniest episode with the most most humor written into it. One of the most humorous overall. So what do we have in this episode? Obviously, we have the humour. Okay, we have a little bit of privilege, which I'm going to talk about from the first scene. Okay, then we have Laurie, her continuing arc from the last episode into this episode. Then we have the whole thing with Sally and Alan breaking up, how they're dealing with that. And then obviously Tara has put herself into that frame. Then we have the three cases. We have one case dealing with a um, hypochondriac. We have the second case, obviously, which is Laurie's case, which is the homicide. And then we have a third case in relation to medical overbilling. Bilking is what it's it's called here. And that's my new word I learned this week was bilking, which is the obtaining or withholding of money, either unfairly or by deceit, cheat or defraud. I always find it funny when I see a description of something beside deceit, cheat or defraud and you see unfairly, because whether something is fair or not is subjective. Apart from the fact that we can, I think we can all agree on that life isn't fair. Well, that's what I tell my kids every day anyway. Well, most days. And even though we don't have a balcony scene per se in this episode, we do have two, I suppose, similar scenes. One with Laurie and Paul, and then obviously the final scene with Alan and Denny in the jail cell. So, where do we start? Okay, well, let's start with a bit of the humour. So we see the humour in the first scene where Alan and Tara and a hooker have got arrested and they're in costume. Alan is Batman, Tara as Robin, and then the hooker as Catwoman. Now, I found this very interesting straight off the bat that Tara was as Robin and not Catwoman, as probably would have expected. She's putting herself out there for Alan, partnering crime. Alan's costume is obviously is not like Batman. It's like it's extra blue. It's, it's got, got the extra muscles on it. And obviously has the extra long pointy ears. Don't think we have to say too much about what that's all supposed to mean. Especially as he's coming out of a breakup. 
So this kind of links in a little bit to Alan and how he's dealing with the breakup. Shouldn't be seen too negatively or too badly because this is what most men do. We deal with things differently to women. So after a breakup, we, we deny we deny ourselves going through it all. We just put it to the side. We get on with things. We delve ourselves into something. So we see Alan here is delving himself into a bit of humor um, a night out, a bit of naughtiness. And that's what he's doing. It'll look after itself. And that's what we that's what most of us do as men in those situations. We put it aside and we see differently that Sally. My experience is that most women, they don't do what Alan did and they they're still dealing with. It. And even though it was Sally's decision and she was right to do so, she's still dealing with the pain and stuff like that. And she deals with it head on. We do it differently. We just, yeah, it'll deal with itself. Let's kind of keep her preoccupied. We see that later on when he says in his job that he's bored. He wants more exciting cases. He wants homicides or men pissing in corners or whatever. He just wants something. Take his mind off it. The weird thing I did think now, and again, if any women are there listening, you can let me know if this is normal. Working within the one office, that literally straight away, and Sally does say it about Tara engaging, I suppose, in, 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 the, in the chasing of, of Alan. Would that, would, would that be normal? My experiences working in offices and, and men that that wouldn't. I mean, you could say, well, what about Alan and Brad? Well, the thing is that Alan got together with Sally, didn't know about Brad. But Tara and Alan, who obviously have history, but also are similar, I suppose, kindred spirits in a way. Whereas, as discussed before, Alan and Sally are not a good match. I suppose there's a bit of a connection here between Tara and Laurie, a little bit. I think maybe Tara is looking to connect with, with Alan, whereas obviously Laurie is looking just to connect Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm just grasping my straws there. But we do see that Tara does have a plan, but kind of gets a little bit right when it comes to Alan, that he has a good side, a bad side, and a naughty side. But you could say that with all of us, that we all have different sides, good, bad, serious, naughty, whatever. She's obviously tried it before. Now she's going to go at it with a different tactic. But at least, at least we know that Tara is going in with her eyes open don't think we could have really said that about Sally but at least with Tara she's an adult she's a big girl and like I said a lot of humor a lot of fun going on there and again that's something else that we do when when we come out of something serious whether it's a relationship or something like that we deal with it with with humor we make a joke of things sometimes rightly or wrongly and I know I have that argument with my with one of my daughters and my wife at times that look not everything is a joke. Maybe I should be a bit more understanding that it's maybe there's a reason that they're being, f they just don't want to take certain things maybe as serious as I am or as I do because I can be pretty serious, too serious at times. My favourite moment in, in the show from a humour point of view was definitely Laurie and Sally going to see the defendant's mother with the with the glass eye. I thought Laurie was very funny in that and um, that's Monica Potter. Pissed myself laughing watching that. It was very funny. Followed by Denny, because Denny obviously does bring a lot of the humour to the show when he's talking to the judge, giving him shit, and then telling him he's gone to sleep with his wife. And then obviously when he gets when he gets put in the cell, he goes, yeah, put me in the cell with Marta, who's obviously his wife from taking it. Again, dealing with serious things with a with humour. But that's something that, that we do, that men do a lot more so. There's a certain type of sense of humour that can be... The, can seem degrading if you don't get it if you're on the outside can seem harsh it's it's not meant to be so there's another thing from the very first scene so we have 
Alan and Tara who were done for basically vandalising cops' car and then throwing eggs at them and so on. Now I wonder whether if it was just you or I that were up in front of a judge whether we would be let go. But Alan was let go because he knows the judge. And even though the judge gave him crap saying he brings the legal industry into um, is an embarrassment and shame to it, he was still let off. Now let's be honest, that's privilege. Now I have, I have an issue with the way the word privilege is, is being used. Privilege used to be a good thing. Not all the time, but a lot of the time it was a privilege. You know, you would, you would if you would help someone out, you would say it was a privilege or you were doing something with somebody, it was a privilege. But... These should be something to attain to. Now it's 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 deemed whether it's white privilege or class privilege or whatever. You know, it's a negative privilege that two people work their ass off so they can send their kids to college or give their children opportunities. To some, it's even a privilege now if both your parents are are together. It's a privilege. Well, you know what? I I think we need to make the word privilege a positive thing again to make it a good thing. These are sometimes good things. And putting yourself in a position, whether it's, you know, getting a job-wise, whether you're a lawyer or a doctor or, or whatever, gives you certain perks. Well, yes, but that's just the way it works. The world isn't equal. It's not possible for everyone and everything to be equal. That's just the way it is. Now, we can do better. I'm not saying we can't. we got to keep striving and pushing to be better and to make things fairer like i said before something whether something is fair or unfair well that's subjective i do feel a lot of the times when we say something is unfair it's a point of envy i wish i could do that it's not fair is it (laughs) but that's just the way it is we got to push strive to be better and by doing that i think we need to make ourselves better and not drag people down you know giving somebody shit because they got a job or an opportunity, let's say, sorry, because they knew someone or their, their father knew someone. I'm talking about getting an opportunity now. Well, that's just the way it works. Sometimes. We get opportunities through who we know, not just what we know. Being in the right place at the right time. And if person A can't put themselves in that position, and person B can. Well, not everybody can be in that position. As I said before, life isn't fair, life is a struggle too hard at times and that's where we have to strive to be better i suppose that's all i'm trying to say so back to the cases very quickly so alan and tara have the hypochondriac case and i suppose the cases again this can some sometimes fly under the radar because of what's going on with the characters in the in the episode but here we have a guy who is obviously a hypochondriac and i think this throws up questions which is what i why i think this is the best show and the question here, I think, is, well, what do you do with someone? So you go to your doctor because you have a problem. And figuring out what that problem is is step one, and then what to do with that is step two. So it would appear in this case that the doctor, it was 38 times, I think he said, came to him. And Alan correctly answered, well, hold on a minute. What, what did you do? What did you recommend? You know, that brings back the question of how health and illnesses whether it's physical or mental are dealt with i have i have arthritis i have asthma issues and i have mental issues and one of the things that my doctors only told me which i'm really only now in my mid-40s really taking seriously because i had a good doctor i say had because he's retired now um, and i'm trouble finding a good doctor in my lo- locality which 
who actually seems to care. But he always told me, he says, look, you've got to lose weight. You've got to get fit. You got to. So he pushed these things on me. And I wonder whether that should be pushed, should have been pushed even more, whether doctors should do that. Should say, well, hold on a minute. The onus here is on you. You have to get fit and healthy. I think we've seen that during COVID. There's been, hasn't been much talk out of governments about getting people healthy. I think this was the perfect time for that to be pushed. And yet we have this movement of, you know, because of body shaming and stuff like that. Okay, we've gone too far. That we have this whole push to say that people who are unhealthy physically and stuff, you know, you can't say anything now. Well, how can you turn around and say, well, the word is that if you're of a certain size, if you're morbidly obese, that's okay. You're healthy. You know, love your body and be healthy. Well, no, I'm sorry. But there are certain circumstances have to be able to turn around and say to people, listen, you need to do better here. Human beings, if we're going to be honest with ourselves, I look for any reason not to do stuff. That's why at 46, the first time I get my body in shape. You know, I've mentioned before, I've stopped drinking. These are things that I could have and should have done a long time ago, but I didn't. I looked for excuses, and we do that when we're young, because I was talking about this with someone the other day, that, you know, when we were young, we think we're immortal. I look around, and I still see people who are old. Still are, you know, they'll say, oh, no, no, I'm going to die. Yeah, but you're not acting like you're going to die. We find those stories that are the exceptions to the rule and think that's us. That's not us. So in this case, we had a doctor who was taking advantage of a guy that was coming 38 times and paying for it. Like I said, I have that issue at the moment trying to find a doctor because the doctor I had sold his clinic because he was retiring. Fair dues to him. But the clinic that I've gone to, they're more interested in people with the medical card. The medical card is the government card that you don't have to pay for shit. I don't have one of those because... Myself and my wife, we have a job. So the clinic is really only interested, or at least I put to the forefront, people with medical cards. Now, why is that, I wonder? Well, because they're going to keep coming back and back and back. Like, if you think about this, doctor's job is to get you better. Well, that means you're not going to be coming back. Now, on an individual basis, that's wrong to say that, because the majority of doctors I know, and I've spent time with and talking to, don't have that attitude. But you have to admit, it's an industry medical industry is less interested in a cure and more interested in dealing with sick people as they say it's not the health service it's the sick service so alan obviously wins his case but if you were to believe what he was saying and and we give the plaintiff benefit of the doubt here and say that he did have a mental illness and it's because of all this information that was thrown at him he was saying when he went to the library this guy thinks you know went to dr google and or the equivalent of it at the time. And he is uh, goes, oh, I have that, so maybe I have that, or this or that. It doesn't matter what it is. A doctor I know, she w- she once told me that, you know, medicine is an art. There's an art to it of trying to figure out what's wrong with someone, because everyone is different. And if you remember, one of my favourite doctor shows, Dr. House, House MD, he says in the very first episode, near the start of it, he says, people lie. And we do. We lie, and we lie to ourselves more so. But in this case, Camaro was obvious. This guy had a mental issue. And the doctor didn't do anything about it. He just did that thing we all do. It's someone else's responsibility. Why? Because it's, A, it's hard to deal with that. And B, you know, it's not in his vested interest. I suppose from a money point of view. But then also there, there is a suing issue. 
that they have that if they get it wrong, they're going to be sued. So, you know, by turning around and telling someone they're not actually sick, well, you run the risk of saying, what if they are sick? Shit. Now, that's not what happened here. Went too far. Come on, 38 appointments and, you know, the office mascot, more like the office bonus. Now, and that kind of links into uh, Denny's case. We don't learn a lot about because it's more about Denny than anything else. But this is where we have an, an overbilling issue. Like I said, bilking, a word I, word I learned. So what we have here is that a sick person comes in, they're charged full price against their insurance. Their insurance pays the full price, whether it's equipment or whether it's um, medicine supplies. But the medical company charges them at a discounted price. And basically, the medical company gets a cut of that. So everybody makes. And in this case, they were saying, well, the older people were getting charged more maybe because of insurance. So whatever, I don't know the exact details of how, but that was the general gist of it. Now you could turn around and say that's wrong, that the part should be billed out or the materials should be built out as the cost that came in. Okay, that's a very, and usually I, I am against this, but you've got to look at the bigger picture here because I know this from the motor industry that this happens a lot, like a lot. Lease companies, hire companies, insurance companies themselves. You know, there's a bill there and it's not the real bill and it is fraud or is it is it fraud if you know about it and but you can't do anything about it like is it wrong when figures are being agreed for a job that an insurance company will 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 screw the garage over their labor costs for example but then the garage will charge out the full retail cost of parts but they could be getting anything between a 10 and 30 percent discount is that wrong well one kind of is supposed to historically supposed to take over and and balance out between one and the other and, and insurance companies were okay with that because the idea was to keep the labor rate down across the board and that's and they made a saving from that so the correct way should be that the labor cost should be much higher and then the parts and materials get our supplies get charged out at whatever they paid for them but now we have in today's world at least where i live and the world i'm in you have insurance companies that want to screw the labor, want discounts on that, but also want the discount that the garage is getting. So, but this is the game. And you could argue that certain companies have to do it within, within that world just to make some profit. Now, where it's hard is when you see the profits, the amount of profits that are being made by medical supply companies and by some private hospitals and by members of the industry. That's where the problem is. But we live in a free market, so how do you deal with that? We, we deal with it by having better regulation. But if you're going to do it, you've got to do it across the board. That's the problem. So in an effort to balance, you have, I don't know whether it's a case of Peter taken from Paul. Again, this is where we have to strive to be better. And even within that case, we see the games that go on within the legal industry in relation to Heel Dragon and Denny getting a mistrial and all this shit, like I said, what's fair and what's true when you when we get to these levels sometimes of civil cases that's gone out the window and it's just a game it's a battle and that brings us on to um laurie's case which is a, a homicide case now, i mean I, I i can relate to the defendant in this you know he got beaten up by two guys one of them was the guy that died and as he says himself in the room with laurie it, it wasn't the it wasn't the fact that he got beaten up it's the fact that he didn't defend himself I think a lot of us can relate to that in some stage in our life. And sometimes it gets to a point where it gets gets to a point where we just have to turn around and say no more. And that's what that's what the defendant did in this. He went off, learned Taekwondo, self-defense, and then put himself in a situation, I suppose, to undo the damage that was done. Something tells me this wasn't the only time this had happened to him when he got beaten up. 
I'd say it was continuous going back back to his school years. I can relate to that. School was not good for me. It took me a long, long time. And I'm still dealing with, with it through life. I didn't know how to deal with it in school. That continued into my work life until I just went, no more. But yet there's still that part of me that has an issue with confrontation. It's still, I'm working on it, but it's still there. And that's what he did here. Don't know if he meant to kill him in this case. I think it's shown maybe to indicate that he did or he wanted to. Maybe didn't intend to, but wanted to kill him. Definitely see that from the mother. Bit of a side note connection. Monica Potter plays Laurie. Was also in Con Air. And in Con Air, her husband and that got himself into a fight. Trained soldier. Ranger, I think. Not the same, but similar, I suppose. Difference in this case is that Nicholas Cage went to jail and um, Laurie got this guy off. But it does call into that question, what is the right thing here? It's kind of indicating that he should have went to jail, that he meant to do it. But is this him just dealing with what went before? And in an effort to overcome that, instead of maybe going obviously a different route, ended up killing someone. And he still has that thing in him as we see when he looks at the other guy. What I thought was interesting was that guy that he killed who'd beaten him up four years previously. We don't know much about him, whereas the other guy that was involved, he's, you know, he kind of admitted he was wrong about it. He wasn't that type of person anymore. Maybe this wasn't the case. We, so we don't know. We don't have this information. Did he deserve to die? And that's the eye for an eye, I think. But again, that's why I love Boss. And he got throws up these questions. Where's the lion? Where's the black and white? Where's the grey? Obviously didn't deserve to die. Deserve something, maybe. I don't know. What do you think? What we can see is that Laurie, in an effort to connect with people, not too dissimilar actually to her defendant, that she purposely put herself in a situation where she had to face up to something. In the last episode, when she was speaking with the defendant in that case, she was talking about rules and regulations. She wasn't in it for him, she, you know, that kind of thing. But out of that, there was some sort of a connection to the person that she was defending and she was looking for that. She was dealing with civil cases and what, as Paul said, there's a difference between civil prosecution, which um, I think there was a mention she was in the DA's office, so maybe that's what she was doing before, and civil defence. Or sorry, uh, criminal defence. And she wasn't happy, but as Paul says, I think he says, I know you to Laurie, that this wasn't going to go well. And, and obviously it doesn't, because at the end of it, she's questioning herself, because she got a murderer off. And that's what it looks like. I know I'm him and Honing, but I, I think... Look, the guy killed someone and, and should have went to jail, I think. And Laurie's not happy with that. She's struggling with that, in that effort to connect, to try and figure out who she is. Something missing. So in the first part of uh, of the two sort of balcony scenes, I suppose, the two moments of, of honesty, we have Laurie and Paul. So even though Paul says congratulations, we can see Laurie is not deeming it to be a congratulatory situation. She ain't happy. I wonder if Paul should have told her this before about his um, about his father, or maybe it was it was good fathering from himself that hey had to let her had to let her do it herself to find out. Paul says that his father was a criminal defense attorney. The champion civil rights was was the idea of when he went into it to defend the oppressed, to connect with people. But that's not what happened, obviously. Our heighty moralistic view of something before we get into it. From the outside you know it's only when you're inside something you can truly see what it is it's a problem we have today we see that across twitter and social media and everything else is that people have opinions about shit that they actually know nothing about 
and because again because that's an aside and i just be and, and because those voices are so loud actually we're i think we're missing a lot of truth and understanding of of different parts of our society today including legal or health obviously being a big one with covid trying to figure out what the truth is so back to what i was saying so paul was saying what all paul ever saw about his father was a man struggling to deal with the idea that he helped put murderers back on the street isn't that the whole thing want to be a defense lawyer you got you got to do your best for that person whether they did it or not now you can say that's right or wrong but we have a legal system or in western society or we, we try and have a legal system that puts the onus on the prosecution higher than on the defense as it should be because it comes back to that question again do you want to have innocent people prose- persecuted killed even we've had that before in an effort to make sure that the guilty are caught or do we have a system in place that tries to ensure that as little as many innocent people's lives are destroyed i think we're getting away from that we need to move back to having a proper proper processing system or not that we ever had a perfect one or you know or a good one i think there needs a debate about it obviously we're not having it not really i don't know wish i was here we could discuss it more we obviously will again through as we go through the other episodes but that's what laurie is dealing with by doing her job and doing the best of her job, doing her job at her best. Guilty people walk free, in this case a murderer. I think it takes a special strength to deal with that. And again, not everybody is up to that. So on to Denny. This really is the first episode where it kind of looks like Denny is properly forgetting stuff. Whether it was in the scene at the start, which was the second scene, whether at the, the boardroom, or at different points later on. He recovers well on, t- on two occasions. The second time actually being the court case, the opening, where he gets a mistrial. Very well acted by, by Mr. Shatner, but I'm biased. And then we, he wants to get the test done for Alzheimer's. Now I could sit here and, and start talking about Alzheimer's, but I'm not, because it comes up later on. And there is an episode much later on, that, which I think is one of the greatest episodes of dealing with that, with Alzheimer's. So myself and I will obviously, we'll be talking about that in, in much more detail later. The bit that really stuck to me was was Denny asking, well, how does one know? How does a person know? But I suppose there's a deeper thing there now. How does any person know when there's something wrong? Unless we keep questioning ourselves and, and thinking about stuff and getting advice from the right people. Preferably not the doctor that the hypochondriac went. <laughs> so, great episode, starting, starting with a lot of humour. Humour continued all the way. Until we have our two, as I said, balconies of truth, two honest moments at the end. You know, left on a serious, somber note. And left us with a lot of questions. So, hope you enjoyed my, my ramblings about that episode. Hope you got something out of it. Hope you enjoyed it. If I've missed anything, please let me know. There's a lot more going on there that I could have mentioned and talked about. But, like I said, my email address is there. Get in touch. And yeah, so we'll be back next week. Alan should be back. So, everyone, stay safe. Have a good day. Like, share. You know what to do. Talk soon. Bye all. Stay safe. Sometimes 